Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAers. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about our HA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other it's incredible it's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other it's so good the ha society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery no matter what stage you're at whether you have ha or you've got a few recovery periods we have your back and we're all your new best friends so come and meet us at the hasociety.com forward slash join that's the hasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show what about that okay cool cool hey everybody and welcome back to the aj podcast i'm joined today by our specialist guest is this your first uh, your second or third episode second returning guest elise lowry yeah you said it right this time not lowry yeah it's not lowry lowry Elise, um, she was on a, on the show ages ago now, sharing her story. Since then, she's been, you know, like an OG member of the society. She hosts community calls in there. She does my Instagram or our Instagram, which is fabulous. And so I'm so excited that she has flown all the way from Australia to Canada to drive to Florida, to fly to here, to hang out with me in person. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a trip to get here, that is for sure. (laughs) So she's been spending the weekend here. um, And so we thought, well, of course, we absolutely must record some episodes together, which is good fun always. And so we've got some coffees. She's got her almond latte. Mm -hmm. I've got my Americano or my long black. Depending on where you're from. Absolutely. (laughs) And we're going to have a bit of a coffee chat. And I was like, I wanted to catch up on we'll get at least to kind of recap you know her journey for all of you guys and we'll talk about like what's current what is coming up for you right now in this new 
chapter of life. Yeah, because I'm in a completely different environment than I was when I was in recovery. Mm -hmm. So that's probably something I want to chat about Mm -hmm. and how to navigate that because I guess I had the comfort of being in such a supportive environment and not to say that I'm not in one now, but it's just different. So for anyone that doesn't really know my story, um, I mean, I got my period back after sort of starting in the HA society. I'd actually already had one period before I became a member, Mm. but I actually had to wait longer for my second period than I did my first. So that brought up a lot of challenges um, for me personally. And yeah, like Danny said, I've been an OG member, but now my periods are quite regular. I'm actually expecting my 14th recovery period. I lost count. (laughs) No, I lost count. And I was like, you know what? If we're going to record a podcast, I should know what recovery period I'm going to. But I did actually keep track for a really long time. At what point do they just become regular periods? Never. (laughs) I don't know. That's my opinion. Never. I'll have my 100th recovery period at one stage. Love it. Um, But no, I actually have lost track, which is just kind of a symbol of my life moving on Mm -hmm. past recovery, which is really exciting. Um, It's still not here yet, but it'll be here soon, I'm sure. Yeah, it will be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I guess what's a little bit different about my recovery story is I was in a long distance relationship for pretty much all of it. And it wasn't just kind of like, um, I don't want to say like a high school relationship because obviously some high school relationships are serious. But um, my partner and I had been together for five years before we got separated for 18 months because of COVID. Um, He is Canadian. I'm Australian. We met working on cruise ships because that's always a question I get asked. How does a Canadian and Australian meet? Um, So, yeah, we worked on cruise ships for the majority of our relationship. Um, And then we left cruise ships because of COVID. And then we also got separated for the same reason. If COVID never happened, would you probably still be on a cruise ship? Or were you going to finish up anyways? We were going to do one more and then Mm -hmm. finish up because I've been doing that for six years. So I was quite ready for stability and a land on... A life on land, sorry. Um, But yeah, my partner was actually the one who was like, look, you're not having a period is a huge problem. And that was kind of the catalyst for my recovery journey. But then he also left the country a couple weeks after I found out about what... Oh no, actually he was out of the country when I found out about HA. But he left after dropping that bomb. You need your period. Um, It it didn't quite happen like that. How did he... Why was he interested? So I guess... I didn't have a sex drive. So that really impacted Um. him, right? (laughs) Um, And I mean, hat off to him. He said to me, me, he's like, look, I don't really want to spend the rest of my life with someone who doesn't have sex with me. And I was like, true. I don't want to be like that either. You know, like I also want to feel the same way. Um, And I was kind of tossing up between like, should I be worried about my sex drive or should I be looking into the fact that I don't have a period. Mm, Are they linked? What's Mm. happening? And he just looked at me and he said, you not having a period is kind of a huge red flag. And I've actually talked to him about that more recently. Like, why did you say that? And he just looked at me and said, it's common sense. Your body's meant to do it. And I said, if more people thought about it like Mm. that, I don't think HA would be as much of a problem. Yeah. Any. Well, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Um, but Yeah, then he left the country and I embarked on my recovery journey. So I was a very different person the last time I saw him physically, mentally and emotionally. So a lot has changed. What was, who was that person? Um, In a nutshell. In a nutshell, a control freak, Mm. a perfectionist. um, Yeah, and someone who just needed to have everything go the way she wanted it. Um, she was also very hypersensitive about her body, mm. very self-conscious about who she was mm. and what she looked like as well. Like, I had no idea who I wanted to be. I just enrolled in uni and I was just going to do exercise physiology for the sake of it because, hey, I love to exercise. It's my whole life. Why not make a career out of it? But had no real passion, hobbies, or direction. Mm. So I was pretty lost, I'd say, at 25 years old. That's about where you're meant to be. Really? Lost? <laughs> I, don't think, I think a lot of people. Just... Yeah. But I guess I always kind of came from that. Like, I'm a very driven person, I would say. So I just kind of figured that I'd have mm. it 
figured out <laughs> and that didn't quite happen and I guess that just totally made me more frustrated in myself but yeah now I am over here and yeah life is kind of different well it is really different because yeah, over I'm here like, in the northern hemisphere north, north of America <laughs> yeah we'll just say northern hemisphere I remember guess. yesterday we were like where's central America? where's central <laughs> we figured it out guys yeah we did we did it's very logical if you don't know where Central America is. Mm-hmm. Just think about it for a second and you probably got the right answer. <laughs> but yeah, no. So I guess I just wanted to sit and chat with you about navigating recovery with a partner because I never had to do that. And I mean, I would like to think that I'm now like in my post-recovery life. But I guess there's some things that come up for me that I'm like, oh, I never had to deal with that Yeah. when I... Do you have any examples of that? Well, I guess like my partner, he loves to work out himself and mm. he takes pride in his appearance. And sometimes That's I... nice. Yeah, it is nice. Um, but yeah, like I just sometimes wonder if it's a healthy... Mm. Like how do you kind of stop, you know, your experience with HA and recovery... Like, now, na- like navigating that with a relationship and not pressing that onto them. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm finding that difficult. I like this question because there are a lot of people who are this topic. Because there are a lot of people who are absolutely struggling in one way or another with their partner, whether or not their partner's been there from the beginning or not. Mm-hmm. And um, the things that come up a lot are like, oh, what if they find me unattractive anymore? And, you know, I think we can all agree there's a lot of scenarios where that's really us, like, us projecting or telling, like, us telling our partner how they feel about us, you know, and and that kind of thing. A lot of it is resolvable with a conversation um, or 25 of the same conversation. (laughs) But there's also scenarios where it's not that black and white and where our partner is thrown off either either like not sure how to support so uh, like so many men will tell us that um like just eat the food like i don't get the problem i don't get it or they'll be like i don't understand why this is a, why this is an issue or why you can't just not exercise like it's pretty fascinating mm. and it sounds like the place that you've been coming from is you've gone from being all by yourself on a dairy farm in the middle of Australia to not quite the middle it's not the desert sure (laughs) (laughs) to a few hours inland you've got you've gone from that to like fully in control of your own schedule there's no Mm -hmm. one looking at you there's no one watching you Mm. there's no one pressuring you well like I'll put it on the record no one had seen me naked for like 18 months Except for myself. And that was kind of great because my body was changing and doing all different things that I had to get used to first, right? Before someone else. And at least that's in my opinion. Like there's definitely pros and cons of being in a long distance relationship and going through HA recovery. There's pros and cons for sure. And one of the things that, you know, that's coming up here is like he wasn't there. And so he has, you've gone to Australia one way and come back a different Mm -hmm. way physically and mentally. Um, I have a feeling it's the physical part that's taking up a lot more of the emotional energy in the relationship. Yeah, probably I'd say more so than the others. I do think mentally I am a different person and that has been commented on as well. And like my passions are different and, He's slowly getting on board with that. Like, he's not a completely unsupportive partner. Um, but it's just different. And the dynamics of our relationship is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he... I know that we've already talked about it so much. So it's like, how do we talk about this where the audience has all the context necessary? <laughs> so he, like everyone, has grown up with a different understanding of of like a relationship with food Mm -hmm. they were raised by different parents in a different place um and with different values put on it and 
so and also at different points in our lives we go through growth Mm. and when we're in a relationship we usually get to go through growth with them and you know why so many people get divorces and stuff is Mm. right like it's like that growth people change yeah they grow apart Uh instead of together and you guys went through 18 months thanks to our good friend covid Mm. where you had to grow apart from each other so you in some ways you've grown apart mm-hmm. and now you're just like so much like it you you now get to see the world as so much more complex mm. and everyone else kind of is still in that like black and white like weight gain equals bad weight loss equals not good and yeah and so you're with a partner who who's under he's like i get it like it's you needed to gain weight and like change for your period but like he gets it on a logical level yeah and fully understands and totally supports you and wants you to be healthy and is battling kind of like we all do anyways Mm. is battling with the what is it like the message that he received that is imprinted in his brain yeah and it's like how do we have compassion for those people yeah and how the fuck do i get through <laughs> this if i'm gonna like be with this person for the rest of my life what does this mean yeah yeah and dude. like you butt heads and it's just it's difficult what are you button heads on um i guess oh it's difficult to kind of you're like, I hate this so much right yeah. now. <laughs> I regret this, talking about this. No, not really. <laughs> um, I obviously just don't want to, like, paint him in a terrible light. No, I think, yeah, okay, so I think preface is any, the peop- there are a lot of people listening right now going through a very <laughs> similar thing, where they're like, my partner doesn't get it, or they're deciding that their partner doesn't get it, mm. or something like that. So we're all, like, judging our partners or assuming they're judging us and blah 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 blah. but what we all need to remember is that like we all came from the same place yeah like you also used to have a fucked up view yeah of what healthy health meant. meant yeah and so there's there can't be any judgment yeah there can't be any judgment on that like where they're coming from this is a conversation about how do we get people who are important to us on board and or how do we navigate those who may never be able to understand and like still have that compassion and get through that and still be happy <laughs> with them in our <laughs> lives like it's it's complicated but i think most people have something like that and so there's no there's like i literally feel no anger at this guy <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it's fine yeah i guess like he understands obviously where I've come from in my journey but he also I guess never really saw anything wrong with how I was before because that's how I'd always been right that was just me whereas now I am this different person that has like you said like a complex view of how things work and just like when certain things get brought up within him like like around him or in the environment that that we're in now it's just kind of like oh like I don't know how healthy that kind of train of thought is and like me I'm like do I call it out do I not call it out do I just let it oh yeah go kind of thing so like navigating that's been pretty difficult mm-hmm. I don't know whether you have anything oh yeah for sure like ev- ev- we start to have essentially like a diet culture bullshit detector Mm. and it goes off constantly now because the detector is there yeah so it's like beep beep beep, beep, beep. once you see it you can't unsee it yes yeah and but the thing is like what do we expect Mm. and like so to a degree you should you should totally be able to pull people up Mm. if what they're saying is like really messed up i've done it i like i have caused full-on arguments in meetings at work <laughs> so it depends where you want to take it yeah right <laughs> yeah but um i don't know i guess that's that's like a good like personal project right like what do i 
what do I stand for? Mm. What can I, like, what is not worth my time and energy? Yeah. And what do I feel obliged? Like, what obligation do I feel to the women of the world or to everyone in the world? Yeah. You know, to pull people up on and just kind of, like, let that be your guiding star. That's what I think, but I'm curious. Yeah, well, because, like, I basically lived in, like, this cocoon during my recovery. Like... A safe little... No no triggers anywhere. Like, honestly, kind of was like that. Like, I didn't go back to work in a gym because I just knew that that mentally wasn't where I should be. Um, And my dad and his partner were well aware of what I was going through, so they were very, like, mindful of Mm. what was being said and all that sort of stuff. Like, very, very supportive and now it's kind of like I've come out into the real world and I'm like, wow, okay, there are actually things that I have to maneuver. And I guess because I never had this during recovery, it's like brand new. Mm. And it kind of feels like I should be past all of it, but then I've never kind of been exposed to it like this. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but it's everywhere. It's every billboard you pass, <laughs> every you know, person you talk to, it's really tough. Yeah. So it makes sense that, like, the environment you're in and the people you're around is all completely different. Yeah. Mm. And that's really the crux of the issue, right? It's not so much, like, my partner sees me differently. It's just, like, every everything's different. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Like, it's just kind of, like, it's not a bad different nor is it a good different. It's just different. It's not what I'm used to. Like, I guess I made my recovery as comfortable as you possibly could make it, which is quite ironic because recovery is anything but comfortable. Um, and yeah, I'm just out of that environment and like trying to navigate it is tricky. So like, I take my hat off to anyone going through recovery right now in an environment that is not 110% supportive of where they need to go in recovery. Because it's difficult. Mm. How do you navigate it? (laughs) I personally had... I say the challenges for me was, was like... So my husband was really supportive and he's... Or he had already seen me at a variety of weights and sizes and I don't think he ever even registered. Like, I think he has a person, that kind of thing went over his head. Mm. And he was just really interested and patient and it was really helpful. Then I was working in nutrition coaching. Like, I wasn't a coach, but I was surrounded by them. Um, it was, like, CrossFit athletes and weightlifters and the whole thing was about, like, looking like an athlete and maybe... If you're in a weight class sport, we were always really focused on getting people's weight down. And so eventually when my diet culture bullshit radar was installed, um, it became very apparent to me that like we could be in a meeting and someone in that meeting might refer to someone as being fat. And like, I mean, it was some... It just like this is the meeting that I like caused a ruckus in, mm. and I just like I don't it. I blame like, you. I was like, you cannot say that about a customer. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? And actually, this is a person who I also considered a personal friend, who I've now like let go. Mm. Like, I've let go because I understand my values there, right? But. I, the, the person that said that about a wow yeah I let them go personally as a friend I yeah 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 didn't I can't fire that person she's above <laughs> me but um like I just started really slowly realizing you know what I value and what I don't and what I want to stand up for and what I want to let slide mm. and that kind of just like allows me to navigate it did has it caused me to become someone who people see as sensitive? Yes. But I've also become someone who people go to to check themselves on, which is kind of cool. 
Wow, I really like that you said that because I mentioned something to my partner the other day about like, oh, you know, like that could have been a bit like when so-and-so said this, that could have been a bit triggering for me. And he was kind of like, so what? Now you're just like super sensitive to that. Like, is everything going to trigger you? And I was like, well, no. Mm, Probably not, but it might, but you'll notice it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I feel like I should be able to talk to you about what someone said that we're around if that make, made me feel a bit uncomfortable. Mm. So just interesting that you said that. Does that make you get labelled as sensitive? Yeah, yeah, probably. But, you know... Is that a bad thing? No, and it's not. And you were probably labelled as sensitive in other areas anyway. Prior, right? Like, you were sensitive if your food schedule was, like, taken off schedule. Like, it just it just changes. And yeah. they have to navigate that and there's personalities of people who have a low tolerance for sensitive people Mm. funnily enough i'm one of those people (laughs) (laughs) i don't know so yeah just people are complicated right and like no two people are the same and so you also can't pull everyone up like there are people whose mums are so deep in diet culture that like their mum isn't going to be a safe place to talk about yeah. this with. And they never will be. Yeah. It's not your job to change anyone. It's not anyone's job to change anyone. It's just your job to, you know, educate, I guess. If people choose not to, listen, that's not your problem. And yeah. you shouldn't waste an ounce of energy on it. And if things... Would you say the things that are triggering to you potentially, right? Like someone says something. Mm. Is it... a problem for you or are you letting it go i wouldn't say that it's a problem i think it just solidifies solidifies how i thought that these people or what they believed or believe in terms of like women's bodies and diet culture and all that sort of stuff like it just makes it more apparent how they've been affected yeah if that makes sense so it's not like a bad thing and I wouldn't say that it triggers me to spiral or go back in the other direction, but it's just like, I guess, like you said, your diet culture bullshit radar is just like, mm-hmm. so like, what's the word? Like, just so ready to detect anything. <laughs> it's just there. It's always on. That wasn't the right word that I wanted to find, but <laughs> it'll do. <laughs> yeah. I think it's kind of like getting, like, honestly, like getting a superpower that you can't turn off. Yeah. Where you can, like, I don't know. It's a blessing and a curse. Suddenly you can read everyone's mind. Exactly. Mm. It's a blessing and a curse because it causes us to look at other people and their values and maybe even their, like, slight misuses of words Mm. um, to look at them and see them in a different light. Yeah. See, because I always knew that coming over to this side of the world and leaving my little cocoon in rural Australia... It's not the middle of Australia. It's close there. No. It's... <laughs> um, I always knew it was going to be challenging. And I also knew that it was going to challenge how far I'd come in recovery. And how mm. far I'd come with my relationship mm. with food. With my relationship with exercise. With my relationship with my body. But I guess I never really thought that those three things would impact the real and the distance and the time spent apart would impact my relationship with my partner mm-hmm. and his relationship with food exercise and his body i'm so i guess alert so much more alert to things that might be red flags orange flags maybe not red but sort of like hmm from you know as someone starting to get out into the allied health field, um, mm-hmm. kind of being a bit more on my toes about things that could be red flags in future clients, I kind of guess treat him a little bit like that. Like, have you got a healthy relationship with your body? Like, uh, kind okay. of thing. So I, my biggest thing is like, how do I not put my beliefs on? Yeah, and like push him into it because like I do notice that he is 
he he hates Instagram. Like, just doesn't get it. Mm. Never and probably never will. Oh, jealous. <laughs> Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy, this is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well. And how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA, and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. But like I see him slowly starting to get a little bit more interested in what's happening on your period PT and that sort of stuff. And wanting to watch some of my reels, which is amazing because I think I'm, when I make my reels, I'm like, <laughs> I just love it. I probably watch my I reels. the best. I probably watch my reels oh more than anyone else. That's great. <laughs> um, and, you know, so just to see him take more interest in it is really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Because that's not his thing. So he's definitely showing his interest in my interest but how do I like know where to draw the line and not like push him into my experience? Well, what does it look like when you catch yourself pushing him into the experience? Hmm. Great question. At least what do you think it is? Like, is this a real problem? Like, is this actually happening? I think so. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, cause I think I'm, I guess I'm just struggling to make him understand recovery and what I went through because A, he wasn't physically there and to kind of show him like, yeah, I have come so far because I think sometimes he forgets Mm -hmm. what it was like before because it has been so long, right? He knows what I physically looked Mm -hmm. looked like, but like to remember what I used to be like to hang out with. I was not fun to be around. Mm. I was hangry all the time. I, like I said earlier, I was that control freak, that perfectionist that needed everything to go to plan. Like, and when it didn't, I'd have two modes. I'd either shut down and not talk, or I would freak the hell out and just get shitty at him. So who wants to be around that? No, no one. Um, so yeah, like, I lost my train of thought completely. Oh, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> That's like, how, I don't know, people who listen carefully enough or on the community calls will see it happening in real time. 
where I'm just like talking and then I'm like, I don't know where I was going, but I just like commit. Just keep. <laughs> so I had asked you, um, you know, is this real? Mm. Like, what, what are you actually experiencing when you think you're br- putting your obsession with AJ like on to him? Yeah. I guess it's just when we butt heads on different opinions on, I guess, my body and, Mm, yeah, so much fun. (laughs) Um, You know, like his beliefs that, oh, I don't know. Yeah, but this is a good one because this is also a, a fear that a lot of people have my partner will like have an opinion on my changing body. Mm. So we, for many of us need to expect that that will happen. Yeah. First of all, I mean, it's unrealistic Mm -hmm. to think that it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think I had that unrealistic belief that there should be no opinion (laughs) about my changing body. Yeah. And I think probably that's what I'm, trying to accept yeah. that they are allowed to have an opinion on your changing body. Are they? I mean, they're, they're just going to, it doesn't even matter. Well, yeah, it doesn't even matter what they're allowed to do. Like mm-hmm. they just will. So here's the piece where it's like, well, how do I manage, um, you know, calling them out on it or educating them on it or like getting them to see what I see. And I think the truth is it's like a long process. And yeah, so you're, so I got to do that with Jake and like, as I was learning, he got to learn a few steps behind me, but instead, you know, your partner's like way behind you because he wasn't there. Yeah. So there's like a huge level of compassion for that too, that you have to have if you want to make it work. And I, I feel that like you have to know that he has the capacity to understand or to try and that's like where you have to be at. And for the most part, people are just people don't want to learn. Like you know this, right? People don't want to be forced to learn about something. Hmm. So Jake is my husband is such a great example where when we first met, he lived off fast food. He was like a he's a, a hard gainer, so like people who don't know it's like when guys really struggle to put on weight like they're always really really thin and it's hard for them to get to go to the gym and like get bigger and if he takes a week off he like loses weight you know what i mean yeah um and that's like really hard for guys that's like the opposite issue that many of them face but we can relate on a lot of levels so he was um all of those things and somehow even though i was like obsessed with training and I was trying to be an athlete and I was like super strong and I was definitely and probably still am way stronger than him um just saying (laughs) it didn't bother me for some reason I really liked him and the thing is today he's totally different Mm. he trains he can put on size if he just like commits (laughs) to eating (laughs) enough um he is really nutrition minded more so than me Mm. to the point that it's like (laughs) like you're too serious about this now and I never influenced that one time like all of those changes were things that he made on his own and I somehow knew that if I went into this relationship leading by example yeah it will work out never will like he was the type of guy that's like therapy stupid and all that that kind of thing and now he like has a therapist the whole thing and he's done a complete 180 yeah which is probably a not a super common experience for a lot of people but the thing is like i never once said oh i think it's something you should do outside of him asking my opinion yeah but i always led by example and i've always believed that um you know it might seem like people aren't watching but they are and if you just put your head down and do a good job, like your teachers, mm-hmm. your um, employers, yeah. everything, if you just do a good job, even when no one's looking, by way of magic, they know you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they, they see the finished product, right? 
And I just trust in that so, so much. Yeah. That's just, I just trust in that so much. So if you go into this with like, just continue to focus on yourself Hmm. and not on what he says or what he thinks about all the little things, um, you know, then he will become interested. Because I had to bet that, like, he's slowly becoming interested in your Instagram stuff because you stopped fucking talking to him about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, you do you. Yeah. Is, like, the motto for that. Yeah, and I guess that's incredibly good advice because for 18 months I did do me and only me because I was on my own. And I guess that's probably part of navigating that side of being in a in a relationship again like obviously mm-hmm. I was still in a relationship but you know what long distance is like mm-hmm. it's different like you're in a relationship but you also feel somewhat single because you're alone I don't know so it's that's a very niche problem <laughs> not everyone out there is going to be experiencing that but yeah but I guess it's I found such a strong Um, connection to the person who I am like I found that Mm. through recovery and now being in this new environment it is challenging to kind of remember who that person was and I think it's probably more challenging than I thought it was gonna be do you feel like a part of you is trying to like change just like to fit into this environment a bit or to fit others in when possibly you could just like start from scratch focus on you do what makes you happy Mm. and like let everyone else fall in line around you I don't know you're the best person for that and I know it's tough when like you're you're living with someone else's parents because you're you know you're overseas and yeah like you're around these different people and like their expectations but how much of you is like just going to too much effort to live up to other people's expectations that's a really good point that I could probably spend some time reflecting on. Um, I think you're right, though. I just kind of need to almost go back to basics and just do me. Mm. Yeah, I like that. When I go to other people's places, there's a, definitely a part of me that, like, tries as much as I can to stay in my routine in, you know, in a healthy way, like, I like to go to bed at nine yeah. and so I'm just going to do it, you yeah. know, like, or, Hey, I know you guys don't want to, you had a big breakfast. You're not that hungry for lunch. You're just going to hold up. I'm going to eat, you know, like I'm not going to do that just to satisfy you. And I yeah. feel like you would, you're probably someone who does that, who you're like, well, y'all can skip lunch, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, hell, hell no. Hell yeah. no, am I not? I'm and not so skipping just, any meals. Just have to like own that. Yeah. And others might have questions in the beginning because it's like, who is this person who's like going against the grain? Or the Elise I knew mm. would have, you know, yeah, like they have to adjust, but he'll totally get used to it. Yeah. And I think I just wasn't expecting that. Movies ruin everything, guys. You were expecting him to just like. <laughs> yeah I don't know yeah to just like hit the ground running like no yeah, time like, has passed for me that's kind of what happened but I guess for him in his experience if I look at it from that point of view a lot has changed that's such a good point like you actually kind of got the same guy that you left behind and that's such an easy transition for you yeah that like how can we even we're not even maybe we need to spend some more time in his shoes yeah still still you don't have to change shit like you know but yeah like just it allows us to have that patience that we really don't want to have yeah like i freaking hate the person you're being right now because you're not seeing that like that's a damaging mindset or like your relationship with food sucks yeah yeah but like oh you just have to I mean even I I still have to have that conversation with Jake all the time like he's always saying and doing mad triggering things yeah but it's like 
now I just say, like, oh my gosh, what was this? I, um, we're talking about food and he had, he was like, why don't you just track, like at least just track your protein for, you know, a period of time. I don't even remember why. And I actually, this was a couple of weeks ago. I actually downloaded macros first. I was like, I'll fuck it. I'll do it. It's been years. I'll download this thing. Let's see how it go. Track my food where I'm at. I got in two days in. And I said to him in the beginning, I was like, I just don't think it's a good idea because that kind of thing for me is like, it's not a good behavior for me. Like a slippery slope. And he, for him, it's like a neutral behavior. There's not like, it's, he doesn't. There's nothing attached to it. Yeah. And he doesn't. It's just numbers. He doesn't see that for me, it's not good. Yeah. I got two days in, I was stressing. (laughs) I was stressing. I was thinking, I kept opening the app. What, what can I fit? And I was like, this is not good. But, you know, he was encouraging me to do it. But I went back to him and I was like, Jake, I am anxious about this. Mm. And he was like, oh God, okay, like just delete it. So we have to talk about it all the time. Yeah. That's never, I don't think that's ever going to really change. His, this is my profession, not his. Yeah. That's a good point. It's nice to know you're not alone, though, in the whole communication side of things and relationships and recovery. Oh, yeah. Communication is totally not about always seeing eye to eye or being able to read each other's minds. It's just about being safe to, like, talk. Mm. And safe to be wrong or safe to, yeah, like, tell someone when that hurt your feelings or whatever. It's like you want to more create that safety. So maybe with you guys, it's like, look, I understand that you have this perspective on like food and how people should behave or whatever, which you can lead by example on and not teach. Like, but this is what I need to be safe in talking about it with you. Yeah. I think like that's where it's important. Yeah, that's very true. And that's, and that's probably one of the things that I struggle with is not that it doesn't feel safe. It's just not the safe environment I was used to in recovery. Mm. Oh, then yeah. Like maybe all of this really just comes to like time. Yeah. I should have patience going through HA recovery. Yeah. It's like <laughs> sitting in the discomfort of it. Yeah. Come come to the community calls and you get a reset of like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm in this bubble in the real world of all of these people who are not, who don't get it. But as long as you have your support network of people that do, mm. happy days. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It like, dude, in general, if you're going to be in a relationship... <laughs> <laughs> you know there's probably even if you thought back to like cruise ship days there was something else it was like something like he didn't get the fact that you were so neurotic about food or whatever like it's just we're just replacing the issue yeah yeah you're right mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. yeah I am mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah screw me I know I am <laughs> <Don't listen to laughs> <me. laughs> yeah well so what do you, what do you, where are you landing? Where am I landing with this? Yeah. Well, I definitely think I needed to just like chat about it. Because mm. it's, that. there's yeah. never, nothing ever good happens when you just keep it all yeah. stuck in your brain. Because you can just marinate on it and make things worse than they actually true. are. You don't even need to do anything about most problems. No, you, <laughs> you just, just you just need to talk about them. But then sometimes when you talk about them, it makes it a little bit scarier because they feel more real. If that makes sense. Does it feel more real suddenly? Maybe a little bit. But then I also kind of have this sense of relief of like, well, maybe I just need time and I just need to keep focusing on me like I did in recovery Mm. and doing my own thing and just enjoying being in this new environment and learning new things Mm. about myself, about my relationship, about 
about my partner in general because yeah there has been a lot of time between and a lot of things that have happened particularly in my life um since we last saw each other and I guess I just thought it would be like the movies you know the whole we didn't even get that airport moment I'm just gonna put that out there I was thoroughly upset because in Toronto when I landed People weren't allowed in the airport because of COVID. Mm. So, like, he had to just, like, drive up and pray that I found the car and waited there. So, like, we didn't even have our whole, like, seeing each other at the airport and being, like, dropping my bags and running up and big jump, right? You know, you'll probably get a kick out of this. First thing he said to me when he saw me, when I came up with my trolley luggage and stuff, he's like, hey, babe, can I kiss you? And I was like, yeah, you're my boyfriend. You're allowed to kiss me. Oh, but it's been a really long time. I know. So it's like, are we starting again? Or it what was, are we doing? Honestly, guys, it was so awkward. <laughs> like, oh, wow. but in a cute way. Like, it was just kind of like, yeah. we got back to the hotel room and it was like, so, we know yeah. this dance, but we've just forgotten some of the steps. We haven't practiced. We haven't practiced. <laughs> so. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. It was cute. It was really cute. I was like, oh. Yeah. Bless. But yeah, no, you're right. I think it might be a bit more time and just almost trusting that I know what to do mm-hmm. because I've done it before in a sense. Like, yeah. With just your expectations of others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's just, it's so foreign to me because I haven't had to do any of this during recovery because mm, yeah. in recovery, I... I'm completely fortunate that I was able just to solely focus mm. on myself. And I know I've said it a few times before, like I feel like I needed to do recovery on my own mm. because I'd always been that girl that was in and out of relationships, like throughout high school, right? Like I always had a boyfriend <laughs> and there's probably a million reasons why that was the case. And we won't get into that, but, um, I just remember like never really being on my own and being like, who am I? I was always someone's girlfriend. Like, so during recovery, I really got the chance to be on my own and figure out how I stand on my own two feet and how I want to portray myself to the world and who I want to become and all of that sort of stuff. And then I've just been like plumped into this different environment. I mean, I did, I did choose to come here. So Mm. that's true. So I guess it's just navigating it. And I guess, I don't know, maybe it's good to talk about because it's not like we just go through recovery and then like we get our periods back and we stop being challenged. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's true. Maybe some of the listeners will get something out of this <laughs> just because, yeah, just because you get your periods back doesn't mean it's like, all of the issues you face during recovery have just magically disappeared. You still have to. Mm-hmm. Just like, um, you know, believing that you can lose weight and eventually be happy. Yeah. You just, no. <laughs> no. Life is just complicated. It is. But I think. But in a beautiful way. Yeah. And I think going through recovery, you just have so many more tools in your pocket to be able to navigate it a bit better. Totally. Yeah. You have, uh, when you, yeah, when you are in, when you have HA, you have like no tools. You're like, I, one way, my way or the highway. Literally just Mm -hmm. described me for about 10 years of my life. But now it's like you get to be, you get to put into practice spontaneity, which you you didn't really get during your HA uh, journey because you were always doing what you want to do. And in as this safe place but now it's like okay i'm surrounded by all these different people with different belief systems i trust in mine i believe in mine yeah. i don't care what they say and you've also had 14 recovery periods so you don't have ha anymore so you also like can you can be more fluid and yeah more flexible and like if so if you don't want to you know make sure that you absolutely like get two meals in before you work out sort of thing. Like you will get away with it, so to speak. Like, yeah, 
my body is resilient enough to handle that. Yeah, you're going to be able to navigate the real world now. And you just, like, embrace it. It's here. That's another good topic for a podcast episode, by the way. Well, good, because <laughs> because I need at least, like, eight more years of content. <laughs> Guys, thank you for listening. Elise, thank you for joining and bringing your problems feelings and issues <laughs> thank you for bringing problems to the podcast helps me <laughs> produce more shows <laughs> that's okay you've helped me a lot so yeah i'll return the favor Great. go uh check out elise if you haven't already at your period pt on instagram yeah yeah that's it all right guys thanks we'll see you next time Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So Temp Drop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device, so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking, all of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So temp drops accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature this includes tracking your cervical mucus, if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy, or you want to chart for health reasons, like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction. Temp drop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the temp drop. And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code so just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code afha society i think too if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, afha society at the checkout that will work too so happy temping and good luck this episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, 
you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending grassland nutrition beef liver capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef and my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp which is important for overall thyroid function which is often low in women with underperforming hormones so rather than eat seaweed snacks every day i get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine so if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way they ship to most countries so you should be covered just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society just HA Society at the checkout for the 10% off that's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.